I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you. Hi everyone, I'm Jason Ballara, and this is the Know Your Why podcast. Today I'm here with Isra Banks. Isra is a registered architect in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, uh, founder and principal of Trivect Architects and faculty at Boston Architectural College. Um, Isra, first of all, thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Such a pleasure. Absolutely. And so I would love it if you would just go ahead and kind of tell the listeners your story, your background, and kind of what what brought you to uh, into architecture, uh, or what brought you up as an architect, and then, you know, kind of what you've been working on. I wish I had a very interesting story. I feel like I've fallen architecture by accident. So, uh, and it was a happy accident. Um, yeah. Um, architecture. Yeah, I'm not that kind of child who always dreamt about, you know, about um, doing Legos and drawing houses. Although I helped building my family's, not building it, but helping the process of overseeing the project of our house. I loved math, physics, and I probably, not probably, certainly I wanted to, to be a doctor, but uh, <laughs> it, it, for one reason or another, it did not work out at that time. And my mom said architecture. That no, <laughs> probably physics, probably electrical engineering. I love physics and things like that. And let's just try it. I was like, okay, <laughs> okay, just just so I can tell you that I don't like it. Uh, and yeah, from the first day, I was hooked. It was, it was like, oh, this is this is so much not just fun, it's energizing it's a lot of you know it's different it's deep thinking it's it's experimenting it's a lot of things so yeah uh it went great uh so yeah that's how i got into it and then i did five years of bachelor's and then i worked as an architect for quite a while six years and then I uh, went uh, for grad school to learn more. Um, there was a lot of ambiguity around at that time, things like um, sustainability and technology and should we build glass skyscrapers or should we be more, um, should we be more, you know, going back to uh, the vernacular architecture and how people were built in the 
built in the past when they were more um, in tune with the environment. So if you if you look back to um, vernacular architecture, you find like people um, or I don't know they we don't know how they studied it, but what they did exactly, but um, each building were designed as a machine to cool and heat and uh, be mindful to where the wind is coming from. They used physics uh, to um, solve problems, climate problems. Uh, when after the industrial revolution, we uh, got heating and cooling systems and installed them and we we started focusing more on um you know philosophy and uh, being creative and bringing out things that are you know different or simple or modern and probably that's one of the reasons that modernism not against modernism but that's modernism probably some would say failed or died. So yeah, so I, I think I, I got clarity by going to Boston Architectural College. A lot of, a lot of studies on building science, um, which improves our thermal comfort inside the building or which eventually improves our health. Um, and then I got interested more in humans, environmental behavior. And how do you, how do you design a space that induces good feelings or what's the difference between, you know, a good place and a bad place, good space, bad space. There is not saying there is good and bad, but that's what got my interest the most. So uh, sustainability, comfort, and they, they are all uh, intertwined or, yeah, there, there's a lot of overlap between health and sustainability. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, it's interesting to me that your, <laughs> your mother just sort of suggested architecture and that turned you into you know that turned into your passion which is i think most people if they you know sort of go after the job that their parents suggest for them it's doesn't often go that way right you just end up sort of mm. finding a job but it sounds like you found something that you really enjoy and, and you're passionate about so that's that's i think a, a lucky <laughs> a lucky yeah. break there yeah well she she wasn't a kind of mother who you know, forced me to do it. She wanted, she wants, she fully supported me to be a doctor, but um, just to, yeah, to, at that, at that time, it was not, was not an option. So she just wanted to find the next best option. And that was her guess. That yeah. was, that was her intuition. She's a physicist. So I wanted to be like her. She was a very, very talented uh, scientist. And I wanted to do that, but she was like, nah, <laughs> you don't want to do that. 
<laughs> yeah, it's, I guess, yeah, that probably being a, a, a physicist and being very, you know, sort of successful in that field probably isn't um, necessarily a common path. So maybe that's why she steered you away from it. But I mean, like I said, it, it really seems like it, she was right on because it seems like that's, you know, you're passionate about it. And so maybe talk a little bit I think about- she wanted yeah, I think she wanted me to be an entrepreneur. Uh, that's why she thought, you know, science is not a path for entrepreneurship. Yeah, yeah, not at least not traditionally, for sure. Um, yeah. Well, tell us. Not at that time. We're, right. we're talking <laughs> right. like more than 20 years ago. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I'm sure there's a way to kind of combine the two, but but I agree, it's, it seems like, um, you don't necessarily think of science and entrepreneurship in the same in the same breath although you know you, you could point to someone like like Elon Musk and and the science behind uh you know electric vehicles and all of that and and also being an entrepreneur so i, th I think it just it, it's not traditionally thought of but yet you sort of there's there's also not a lot of Elon Musk in the world so it's <laughs> it's maybe not the most uh easy path to follow but you, you mentioned that, um, you know, kind of sustainability and, and creating for designing for um, happiness and kind of the, 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 how do you, how do you sort of do that? How does that work? You know, kind of what things go in, what's your process when you're talking about sort of designing for those factors? So um, health and happiness, they come hand in hand. We know that uh, we need to have, we need to be integrated with nature. And by nature, I mean a lot of sunlight. And there's a difference between outdoor sunlight and indoor sunlight because not all the rays come into, not all the sun uh, rays come inside through glass. Um, so that's an important part. And then green is, it's, or any, any natural, especially, especially plants, we know that uh, there's a whole science about biophilia, how they affect, how our, our relationship or, or how our environment um, affect our nervous system. Um, so, yeah, that's number one, integration with nature and also thermal comfort too. Uh, and we, there's a, a very fine-tuned control of um, temperature, humidity. So, so temperature is not the only, uh, not the only indicator. There is like a, there's like a chart that shows you where where should your thermal comfort be. Oh, we can also through that also we can also um, which this is a very very hot topic right now. Uh, we can control the spread of viruses like the COVID virus uh, if if the environment is a bit more humid. Um, you can stop the spread of the virus. They just don't 
don't um, spread it in the air. Oh, uh, what else do we need to do? There is a, a great deal of effect on our environmental behavior affected by um, the connection or finding the balance between privacy and proximity. So as humans, we need to be close to other people. We don't want to be isolated and lonely, but at the same time, we need to be um we need to have our own privacy we don't need we we don't want to be forced to meet someone like we don't want to meet or have to say hello to our neighbor or or um the student and, and let's say a dormitory student like bump into them every day um the same at the same time or share a kitchen that that sort of privacy so there is a, there needs to be a certain balance between that, even in, for a, a, like say a, an average or a, a family of five, uh, the way that you arrange the spaces, uh, if, if there was a study shows that if children came from school and took up the stairs immediately to the room, compared to other children who they came through the door, went through the kitchen or living room, through the common space of the family, and then went to the room, they found that the second, the second configuration, uh, the, the children who lived in these houses, they had better performance in school and uh, less problems compared to the children who did not go through the common area just went directly to the room so yeah the, the, there's a even within like when i talk my my specialty is more focused my studies more focused on larger scale environment like a, 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 a mixed use and big large apartment complexes and housing but even if you bring it to a smaller scale these the same principles uh, applies. You still wanna wanna be wanna be seen, wanna interact with people, but not. We still wanna maintain our privacy. Yeah. So, um, um, yeah. So privacy and proximity, integration with nature. Um, sunlight that what comes to my head the, the biophilia is a, a whole new complete great science that uh, studies and neurons and uh, the effects of nature so nature includes animals not just green not, not just earth another thing that affect our mental health is um curves i'm not saying we should build curvy buildings that's going to be very difficult to furnish or but probably curvy furniture we found out that um curvy linear is more soothing and more feels more safe to people probably because it relates to nature or a child insert inside i don't know uh 
compared to rectilinears. So that um, we probably don't feel very safe around sharp edges and uh, corners and things like that. Uh, color, it seems to be very subjective. I think in the 17s, they thought that pastel should be, you know, common or, but it seems like it, it depends on each individual's or each culture's experience. So you cannot, you cannot um, find some guidelines. Um, that was about creating an environment. There are a lot of things like people want, want uh, to be, you want to invoke their curiosity. Um, that's going to help, especially for children, schools, uh, public spaces. Um, that's also a big factor in uh, you know, affecting mental health positively. They're curious, their brains and good ways, hormones and things yeah. like that. Uh, walkability, we as, as uh, city planners, or, uh, I don't know if the listeners cannot see the picture behind me. This is one of my designs and I was suggesting that there are there are different ways for people. The more options to uh, move around, the more options they have, the better they feel. And yeah, there are like stairs, there are ramps, there are elevators. Um, so you can um, encourage people to, you know, move more. I was going to ask you if that was your design. I, I actually think it's a very beautiful building, so I, I like it a lot. But I, I really like that. Uh, that's an interesting study about, about the the children, you know, sort of coming home from school and and either going straight upstairs or or being you know, essentially forced to <laughs> interact in the common spaces. But it makes a lot of sense, right? You're, you're you're avoiding that isolation, you know, sort of them just hiding in their room. So, I mean, that's there's a lot of stuff there that you mentioned that just, I don't know, I, I, I wouldn't have necessarily thought about it and what, you know, what really impacts your environment and, it, you know, it's your house, right? You, you sent whether that's, you know, a, or I guess whether it's your house or your work workspace, we spend a lot of time there. So it's kind of like having those, all of those different factors be a, considered in the design is is pretty huge and and honestly quite comforting to think that like I wouldn't have necessarily thought that you know architects were th were thinking about all of that stuff that you know as they're designing and and so it's kind of really cool to know I, I think I'll have a new perspective when I go into buildings and think okay you know oh look notice how this is laid out and what what thought process went into kind of putting it that way. So that's that's very cool. And what about, um, you know, well, before I go on, has your approach to design and things like that changed since COVID? Is that something that I would, I would imagine probably impact how you look at spaces, how you design spaces? Definitely, yes, definitely. 
what I mentioned about HVAC systems and in the past, we were mostly focused on conserving energy. Um, now we, that became a secondary aspect. Mostly we focus on ventilation now, bringing more um, natural air than we used to do before. Um, there are ways to heat the natural air before using the, the other kind, the, the stale air, or the air that was in the room before sending it out during that exchange. Uh, we, a lot, the, the studies I talked about, about the spread of viruses, these are new studies that happened after COVID. Um, we've, the, um, the office, especially office spaces that um, got built have, um, there's a lot of changes. Mostly, most of the changes are to accommodate the new, um, setting of hybrid, hybrid uh, sort of work, not necessarily people are gonna, we don't expect people to be spending um, eight hours, five days of a week in the office, probably some would come on certain days, come, come on other days, because I think it pr was proven that uh, working from home was very productive, very efficient, I think product, it's proven that productivity has raised, but again, we go back to the first point of prox proximity or privacy or interacting with, with people. You don't want people to be isolated. And you need these conversations in, in, the, in the space. You need team building. Um, so I wouldn't say that we should go 100% high. And that's what also what we're doing for um, our students in, in the college. Um, what else have changed? I think most people need to, or now we're seeing that a lot of people need to have a, an office, a home office in their houses. Um, I mean, Having nature and light, and these are, these are good at all times. I don't I don't think it got it needed to be re-emphasized during COVID. These are good, but yeah, probably more focus on mental health. Yeah, yeah. Uh, bring up a, actually a really good point that I hadn't thought about in, in terms of the the new you know sort of work from home model, and you know everybody's been been really focused on health, avoiding, you know, getting sick. That's, that's why, you know, all of this homework started and, and that makes sense. But your point about isolation is, is a good one that, you know, if everybody is going to work from home type models, you really are going to lose a lot of that, you know, kind of socialization and interaction. And it's, it's funny. It's like, you know, I, I feel like we think about it with children. We think about, okay, kids that don't go to daycare or kids that are homeschooled maybe don't get that, they don't get the socialization. That's what's missing. Like, you don't, you don't have to go to school to learn things, right? You can learn things at home. That's not a problem. Exactly. The, the reason why my kids go to daycare is because 
so they can learn how to interact with other kids exactly. and like have those social cues. And so, yeah, I think, you know, social media has made having <laughs> social interactions in person already a kind of a, a less comfortable thing because people are just so used to like being on their phones or, or interacting and, and seeing only a, a portion of, of people's lives. But yeah, work from home environment really can make that an even bigger potential issue in terms of, you know, we will, we will forget how to interact with each other in person, right? We just won't know how to have conversations and have, uh, you know, be around each other in a, you know, common spaces. So that's actually a really good point that I, I hadn't thought about. And I, I don't feel like I've heard anyone else mention that as an impact of COVID. So, you know, and everybody's talking about the, the changes, you know, in, in the real estate space, they're like, oh, office is dead. And, and it's, it's, you know, we're not going to have office buildings anymore, and they should all be converted to housing and all of this. But that actually doesn't seem like maybe it's the best thing for for us as a society. Maybe it's better that we we figure out, you know, we, we redesign how the offices are built, like you said, but not necessarily just never be in them. Um, so yeah, that's, that's actually very cool. Yeah. For the, I, my, my real estate, real estate knowledge is not extensive. I have been studying real estate at Boston Architectural College, but, um, from my understanding, well, it is a good thing. That kind of change is a good thing. We need to keep, like staying that change that what we what we call it productive change something like that but yeah that kind of change should um, help us reinvent things I mean not just for real estate for all kind of things I think without COVID uh, that that process of evolution of work could have taken a decade yeah. I mean. It's a blessing in disguise. You can't say COVID is a blessing, but I mean, yeah, that kind of change was was kind of necessary to push us to the next step. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's the, the focus has been on you know a lot of people just well well look we can still be productive if we work from home. That sure that's great, and I think you know some sort of hybrid model makes sense, but it's uh it's hard to it it's hard to think about you know like people never being around people and, and and i think it's we've through the through the covid you know coming up on two years the the there i think there's been a lot of um mental type of impact your mental health impact on people from the isolation and i think it's going to be something that you know it's, it's already, you know, people are already, it's like, people are traveling again, and it's like they're traveling with a vengeance, right? It's like, everybody's like, oh, I didn't get to do anything for two years, and now it's just happening. Um, there's Travel has had like a huge boom. So it's just kind of a, an interesting thing to think about what, what impact it's going to have on us kind of going forward. And I think you're 100% right that it, it sped up 
what was going to happen in the workplace probably anyway as we you know sort of realized the abilities of technology to work remotely and all of that but yeah makes uh, makes makes a lot of sense um well sorry let, let's shift gears a little bit I, i'd like to get the chance to ask you um the questions that i ask all of my guests and so uh, the first one is based on the name of the show, and uh, with that being Know Your Why, I'd like to ask you, what, what is your why? What, what drives you? To, for my business, to be an architect, uh, why? Well, I, it's probably the why of every architect, not just me. Architects are grievers, and... Uh, we think that we have the ability to change the world. I, I don't think, and I think in, in this time of age, architects, the, the public still think that architects are prob probably egocentric, but in this day and age, architects are very um, different. They mostly care about social justice and social justice and making the world a better place place making everyone happy so I don't think I'm different from maybe maybe that's what drives me that's what makes me happy actually what makes me happy is uh, being other people happy nice nice yeah I, I and guess. yeah probably it's a kind of uh, <laughs> it's probably kind of a turnoff for uh, business <laughs> like you're you're dreaming too much but uh, from personally for me I I learned a lot about about finance about real estate finance and probably I also dream one day to become a developer architect uh, well that probably um, every architect's dream but I'm, I'm working on it yeah nice nice well I think that's I mean it's obviously very impactful and I I think I don't know. I, I think the, the the most beautiful architecture, the most beautiful buildings out there are that way because the designer was a dreamer, right? Like it's not, it's probably not very exciting to build just a, a box, right? Like that's not, <laughs> and it's not, not nice to look at. And maybe it's more cost-effective. Maybe it's more, um, you know, it's easier to build. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I guess that's, that's the thing, right. In, in infusing your uh, vision and dreams into this, these buildings that have to also be uh, sustainable, energy efficient, you know, there's so many things that go into it. So it's, it's really actually quite a cool concept to just, if you think about all of the, the factors that you're considering and putting as you, as you put these designs together, it's, and then, balancing that with the cost of development and like what yeah. how you know okay we want to do whatever this feature is but that you know that, that adds millions of dollars to the project it, it i'm sure there's a lot of give and take so that's that's really interesting exactly yeah. cool um second question is would you tell us something about yourself that maybe isn't common knowledge like some special skill a hobby something that maybe is outside of the architect world? Hmm. I don't know. I think I'm a pretty boring person. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably. 
you know, passionate about, you know, it's not, that's not secret about uh, health and social justice and sustainability. And, but I don't think that's, uh, I teach, I'm so passionate about, about seeing my students succeed. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, I, I think teaching and, and sort of passing on your knowledge and skill and expertise to, you know, sort of future generations, it's just, it's always, it's a really great way to, to be able to give back, right? It's just something that, and, and it's, I, I find it very, um, very rewarding, right? You get, you get to a point in your not that not that you can't advance your career, but sometimes you get to the, that those points in your career that maybe on your own your own personal sort of development, you're like, well, I've done a lot of this. What can I do? But then when you see the the younger generation that you're teaching and you're seeing that their their steps and progress, it's really really quite cool and and um, makes you feel good. It's 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 empowering to see that to see their development. So. I, I understand that that sentiment. Um, when people hear this and they want to reach out to you, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Website, uh, Trivec Architects, and then Ezra Banks on LinkedIn. Uh, email address, isra.banks at trivec, T-R-I-V-E-K dot architects.com okay we'll put we'll put that stuff in the show note uh show notes final question Istra: what what would you what piece of advice would you give to someone who's maybe starting out uh you know their their mother suggested they should be an architect what would you what would you tell them uh in terms of getting uh being successful like you are being an uh, don't do it don't, don't do, do architecture. <laughs> don't do architecture. Do you Even if you like else. it, not just if you're mom. Yeah, not just yeah. if you're. It's a it's a pretty pretty challenging profession, and then there it takes a very long time to become an architect. Once you become an architect, then there's like at least a decade until you're not called a young architect. It's like it's, it's, yeah, it's they're trying to make it more accessible or more, but that's it, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of, uh, yeah. a lot of training that goes into it yeah. and things like that. Yeah, probably other things like real estate development would be more, I don't know, uh, building or the overlap of design and build interior design i mean if you feel like there is no other option in the world to become an architect then that's take it on on your own risk <laughs> not painting a very rosy picture for for the future architects of the world is it <laughs> but it seems that it's something that you found passion in so i i think obviously people do and you're designing beautiful buildings we can see well, tell people for sure to check this one out on the on the just YouTube because i'm channel. stubborn no yeah. yeah just because i'm stubborn not yeah. like yeah. it's not like i'm <laughs> a lot of people get a kick of like you know 
well, it's challenging, so I want to do that's what other not not just me, a lot of other architects, it's like, yeah, we're just saying because it's challenging. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> just trying to trying to prove it, prove that it can be done. Um, well, listen, thank you so much uh, for your time today. I really appreciate you sharing, uh, especially a lot of that insight into kind of really what what goes into the thought process behind designing these buildings. It's, it's um, you know, as I said, the, the, the building behind you, uh, your background, it's, a, it's very beautiful. Anybody who listens to this should definitely go look at the YouTube channel just to see that, that building. I, I, I love it. Um, but thank you. Thank you for your time. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it. Great. Awesome. All right. Well, we will sign out. Have a great day, everyone. I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you.